Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of Subject to Change is here. Tom has a fresh cut. James Harden's going to the Nets. Chad Johnson takes Viagra before games. Thoughts? Uh, and there's a bunch of Karens running around, or at least one for sure, Soho. And we got to talk about all of that and more. And we have a great guest at the end. Make sure you stay tuned and locked in. Let's do it. Tom. It's been a minute. I haven't seen you in a while. How are you, dude? Dude, I'm, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I am good. 2021, new year. I don't even remember 2020. James Harden to the Nets. I am like, I'm kind of mind blown by it all, but I'm ready to go. Let's get it. Yeah, isn't that funny though? Everything with like the 2021 crossover every new year, everybody's like, oh, new year, new me, all this crap. But like, that's kind of like almost Christmas in an overrated way because at the end of the day, the problems you had December 31st, don't you still have them in 2021 or are they just gone? You just cut For everyone else and any other time, I've agreed with that, but this year it's different. I like woke up on the first, new energy, I'm hyped, I'm like super locked in. So we'll see how long it lasts, probably like another few days. No, I, I haven't like eaten it. bread. I haven't eaten bread in eight days. You haven't eaten bread, so you're gonna do what is that? That's like the that's like the South know. Beach diet, I think. I don't know. When I was just eating like bagels, like five bagels a day, I was like, I need to make a change. So I don't know what this diet is, but I like it. No, I like it. You, okay, so speaking of 2021s and turning over a new leaf, Houston Rockets happy with where they're at in 2021. Now that James Harden is out, as weird as that sounds, and all star leaving your team. If you're front office in Houston, are you happy that this is getting done and taken care of or no? Are you sick? Well, I mean, taking a step back from it, James Harden just got traded for like literally 10,000 picks. Levert is in Indiana now, I think. And Victor Oladipo is now in Houston. I mean, it was so bad the last few days specifically. Like Harden's like 30 pounds overweight. It looks like he and like him and John Wall can't even speak to each other, be like, look at each other without fighting. So they were kind of had their hands tied, but like, I don't know. Like it's a lot. And Houston, like you have, you got Victor Oladipo and like a bunch of picks. Like, are you happy if you're a Houston? Yeah. I mean, I think I'm happy because as soon as some guy comes on, especially a leader, not just some guy, this is the leader the all-star, the face franchise tag of my organization says, that he wants out. As soon as that happens, you got to cut loose. You got to get rid of him because that would be like going to work and you know your bro- your boss is just like I don't want to be here today anyways. Nobody else. It's just a trickle down thing. So I'm happy if I'm Houston. But the Nets on the other hand, wow, talk about just a PR nightmare. You got Kyrie who goes in and out of times of whether or not he wants to play in the NBA or not or basketball at all. You got um uh, now you got James Harden, who very well could be in one of the five boroughs of New York uh, at some strip club. So you got to handle that. And hopefully he has a mask on a lot to go and juggle. And I respect the people in Brooklyn that are taking care of all of this. But uh, and then like imagine being the person who's got to like write down all these trades, because like some people are going to Indy. Some people are going like, what if you mess up? Who are the poor people that have to really? do all this is like a like a rubik's cube you know like it seems so i have it here i'm gonna read it off this is confusing okay rockets they get victor oladipo dante exum rodians karuks definitely said that name wrong three brooklyn first rounders and four brooklyn first round swaps the nets get james harden 
the Pacers get Karis LeVert and a second rounder and the Cavs get Jaron Allen and Torian Prince. So like, I don't get where the Cavs come from, but like, it, it, it's a lot, but, but you hit it on the head. Like Kyrie Harden and Katie, they all have like their different baggage things. I get that. Like, seems like Kyrie and Katie really get along and obviously Katie and Harden have gotten along in the past, but I just don't like, if I was the Nets, I would do it. I would just be like, I'm down, but doesn't it just feel like something's going to go wrong? Yes, 100%. <laughs> I think, honestly, Stephen A said it today, and my teammates were like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But he was like, Kyrie should retire. And I'm like, I could see Kyrie making that kind of public statement just based on his wokeness, I think, you know? And I love Kyrie, don't get me wrong. But he's got this whole persona of being like the woke guy and third eye, him and Joe Rogan, I don't know, see things differently and I don't need society and all the norms of trying to get to the top and competition, all this stuff. And I'll just leave. I'll just be done. Okay. Yeah. Cause I feel like he, he feels like he's always like being used or something like that. And I look, he's probably right in some, you know, aspects, but I could see him just saying, see ya yeah. James and Kevin have fun, but I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think all parties are pretty happy. And I think now you got to look at, is this going to add on to the LeBron GOAT discussion considering now there's another super team being formed solely to try to take down LeBron? I don't know. If the, if the Nets somehow get to the finals and this doesn't explode and then LeBron beats them, then like, yes, LeBron is like, that's insane. Because that means that those three guys were able to put it together and actually make miles. Now, I like, have questions around that. I'm, I'm curious, like, if there's some world where – the Nets offered Kyrie Irving for James Harden. They were like, hey, we got Harden and KD and LeVert. And, like, we keep LeVert and we got, like, a bunch of other guys. Like, I, well, I love Kyrie also, but I probably, like, I, I'm interested by that. Yeah, I'm surprised that wasn't actually just part of the deal considering all the stuff that has happened, you know, over the past, like, week with Kyrie not showing up, not playing, saying he just doesn't want to – doesn't feel like playing today or whatever. Um, I was surprised that wasn't kind of thrown in there. But um, – you know, Nets get it done, and they're obviously playing the short game and trying to beat LeBron. LeBron beats Brooklyn because, like you said, if they get to the finals, which uh, we'll see. If Brooklyn gets to the finals, plays the Lakers, Lakers win, LeBron goat discussion over. I feel like we just constantly make up new standards for him that he has to meet. But, yeah, honestly, I don't think there's even a discussion after that. So I think about it, like, if all three guys are healthy, I don't like who's – like, the Heat are really tough. Like, is Giannis taking down those three guys? Like, absolutely not. That'd be weird. But the, the one weird part is, is I, I was following this stuff all day, and everything was saying that Harden was going to get traded to the Sixers for Ben Simmons and a million other things, and the Sixers yeah. were trying to hold on to Tyrese Maxey. And that was, like, in our text, like, our overtime text, like, that was a foregone conclusion, it seemed like. Like, oh, he's going to the Sixers. And now he doesn't. And now it's, like, Ben Simmons and the NB thing is just weirder. Like, it just keeps getting weirder. Like, I feel like at this point, even if they have to trade, like find a way to trade Ben Simmons. Yeah. Yeah. I think you eventually have to, but I don't know. My biggest thing is Ben Simmons. If he shoots 35%, he honestly, like just from, from three and shoots whatever he does from the floor. If he can get to yeah. a point where he's shooting 35 plus from three, Ben Simmons could be at the end of the day, the greatest player of all time. I honestly <laughs> think so. And I don't think no, it's I, I get it. out of the question still. Wait, so so the Harden thing, it still blows my mind. It seems like he's 30 pounds overweight. I don't know if you've seen him recently. And he's been averaging 25. Shame him. 
Okay. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Also, you're insane for just saying that Ben. I don't know how I could let it go that you just thought Ben Simmons could be the goat. The guy is like not even a top 15 player right now, and you just jumped to goat. I said, Um, but okay. Once again, same with Giannis. They're very similar in terms of just length and athleticism. If they if they develop a jumper outside three point over 35 percent, it could be dangerous. Like I'm talking. I think a lot of people would agree with me. No, I don't think anyone would agree with you. I, I think I have to ignore that statement. It's so wild. Shut up, Tom. Tom, I think I think that gives you fair room to to argue Lamelo Ball is the greatest player of all time. Wow. Yeah, you know if Lamelo starts shooting 90 percent from three and he grows to be seven foot eight, I mean he could definitely be the goat. Dude, I said thir- never mind. All right, listen, <laughs> we're talking about LeBron, the goat, and all this stuff. I'll tell you who damn sure is the goat is Nick Saban. Do you ever get tired no, he's of not. You think, can that happen? He's not the GOAT. What do you mean he's not the GOAT? If you go to the NFL and you can't even be 500, like, how are you the GOAT, like, of coaching? He's the GOAT of college football coaching, okay? All right, college football coaching, fine. Deal. Um, He's weird to me. Like, does he have a fake – he's, like, this hard-nosed football guy, but then, like, he's very small, and he, like, has a fake tan, and he's, like – like, I don't know. I just, he will, he reminds me of a grandpa on a golf range. And then he has all these amazing coaches around him and he gets the best. How does he get all the best players? Like you've been recruited by everyone. Like what, what could Nick Saban be saying differently than everyone else? I, uh, I'll put you in the NFL. And you have like every year that you play here at Alabama, you have like a 60% chance at winning a national title. And the next best yeah. school is maybe like, I don't know, Clemson in recent years. And they have like a one in, you know, 10, I don't know. Look, but Nick Saban, like, I, I just – I don't understand, like, what more do you have to accomplish? I know what you were saying. Like, does he now move on to the NFL or what does he do? But my favorite player or favorite person on the Alabama team this year isn't Nick Saban. It's 100% Mac Jones. Mac Jones, you know, going back to the whole thing about James Harden and not missing meals – Matt Jones is not the most sculpted dude in the world. I did see that picture. And that's why I love him because he makes me feel okay at night. Like, yeah, I can have this cosmic brownie. Mac Jones just won a national title, made it look easy. And he doesn't have a six pack. He doesn't need a six pack. He's going to be playing on Sundays for generations to come. You know what I mean? And yeah, he's got a little bit of, maybe a tad muffin top okay it is what it is i i am okay with it i'm happy that we're transitioning into body positive quarterbacks tom brady started it mac jones seems to be finishing it i love mac jones i'm all in on this guy i think it is really funny and he said some things after the game and he said they were the best team of all time i actually don't doubt that really but he seems awesome. What's up with quarterbacks though, and like not being in like amazing shape? Because like I get it, like it is awesome, but it is kind of weird, right? Like Ben Roethlisberger is like kind of chunky. Like Baker doesn't care. It seems to be this thing that like quarterbacks. I get that they don't have to be huge, and Cam Newton is like the exception, right? He's like the biggest person in the world. But like, don't you feel like if you were playing a pro sport, like by accident, you'd be in amazing shape? Um. Yes and no. The, the, what gets you at least in college athletics is when you go on the road and you have to eat, you know, however much just to maintain energy and stuff like that. They just get you whatever. So like a typical road trip for us, like I'll wake up in the morning and we'll have a buffet style um, breakfast. 
and there'll be omelets and, you know, just a whole spread. And there's always dessert no matter what. And so I'll do that. And then we'll get, we'll go to practice right after breakfast, like walk through, we'll come back and then we'll have like Jimmy John's or a snack um, at, I don't know, 10 o'clock. And then we'll eat another buffet style lunch uh, in the conference room or whatever. That's a full spread, ice cream, brownies at the end, all this stuff, um, mac and cheese, whatever. And then you, you know, go to your room, you eat dinner at like 6 7 o'clock. And then you get, we normally get either pizza or burgers and a shake and fries at night at like 11 PM. So that's like, you, yeah, that's you a can lot. accidentally, that also you know what i mean it can go both ways depending on metabolism but mac jones yeah no no I'm, I'm glad he's putting on for us um speaking of football before we get into more stuff that we have no idea uh really what's going on um we just stick to the topics that really don't have anything to do with the game of football yeah here's something that's a little off the actual game uh chad johnson found out uh saw an old article he took viagra before football games um, thoughts you, you good with that or not good with that? I thought he was kidding. And then like, I looked more into it. He seems pretty serious about it. He said that it helps with his blood flow and his energy. It doesn't surprise me with him. And I've seen some people do weird stuff before games. Like even in high school, it was like the smelling ammonia or whatever it is, or like eating certain things, but that just feels like a little tough. Like you're going to have to go play on a field and be like physical with a bunch of people. Like I, that yeah. feels like a stretch. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, I I'm interested in terms of how that works um, biologically, like, because does Viagra do what it's supposed to do? Are you lining up from somebody who might look like they're excited to see you? Um, the, you can't have the center take Viagra. Can't do that. You know what I mean? Cause that just, there's hand, you know? Yeah, we get it. I'm just saying, and I also thought it was a little bit funny that he used word, the word explosive. It makes me more explosive uh, in and out of my routes. Uh, but moving on before we get into that, I know there's. Um, wait, 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 not yet, not yet. Okay. Right now, you're a college athlete competing for a national championship. If I tell you right now, you start popping Viagra before a game and you're going to be able to dunk and you're going to be able to like increase your performance by 25%. Are you doing it? We are, we're going to cut it right there. We're not answering that question. <laughs> Ooh, Spencer's the fun police. Moving on, LaMelo Ball. Here we go. Here's some stuff we can talk about. Tom, your boy had a triple-double. Youngest player ever. He was like 19 in like four days or I don't know. They keep all those weird stats. How excited were you? Uh, my thing with LaMelo right now, it's pretty bittersweet. I said this for five years. I said he was going to be amazing in the NBA. I said he should have been the number one pick. He should be starting. And he's been amazing. He is tied for first of all rookies in points. He's leading the rookies in rebounds, leading the rookies in assists, leading all rookies in steals. He looks like a lock to be a stud. But what has happened is every other person, specifically other sports media outlets, are claiming LaMelo, like acting like they've been here and like that was their guy. It's kind of like when your favorite artist blows up and now everyone listens to him. That's what's happening with me and LaMelo. So I'm happy that he's doing well, but like my, it's my thing. So you're jealous a tad bit. 
I am I'm a little jealous. Are you worried the distance between you and LaMelo is getting larger at this point? I would say the distance is pretty steep. Are, are you are you surprised how well he's playing? Because, like, I know that sometimes you give him a hard time, sometimes you're unsure, but, like, he's been really good. Oh, I don't give LaMelo a hard time. I give you a hard time because of the <laughs> therapy sessions we have to have when it comes down to does LaMelo like me, does he not like me, all this kind of stuff. No, but LaMelo himself is an unbelievable player. I mean, the biggest thing that when I watch basketball, um, when I play – when I look across the court at who's going to be like a Cade Cunningham, who's going to be a top pick in the draft, the biggest thing I notice is these guards play with extreme pace. And what I mean by that is they pick and choose when they, you know, go fast, when they slow down, they control the game in really like a beautiful way when you watch it and really understand the game. Um, and LaMelo does that. He's done it in the NBA. He's done it in, you know, the NBL. He did it in high school. I'm impressed that he's been able to just go through a lot of different stuff with his family and name. And I know a lot of people are like, you know, we'll talk about Juju and all that stuff, like how social media tends to like deflect from whether or not they're just performing or not performing on the field. But for him, LaMelo to do what he's done through all the distractions is unbelievable. You think he's rookie of the year? Yeah, people love Wiseman. A lot of people are saying Wiseman's the best rookie still. But, like, I think Lamelo's numbers will be too amazing because I don't know if their team's going to be great. I think the Warriors will be really good or have a, be in the playoffs at least. I think Lamelo wins it just because of his numbers, his popularity, like all of that stuff. But the whole entire rookie class has been impressive. Like, Anthony Edwards is, is playing really well. He's had some bad games. He's had some great games. Wiseman's great. You've had uh, Hal Burton's really good. Um, the thing with Lamelo, and, and I, I – this is something that we've always talked about over time. Like you never know what he's going to do. And it's kind of like exciting. And that was like high school AU. And then even overseas, it happened a little bit, but it doesn't usually happen when they get to the NBA. Like Zion's a good example, right? Like Zion's not 360 windmilling or going between the legs every game. Like he did in high school. Like he's not, and he's amazing. He's averaging like 25 points a game, but he's not like, I don't need to watch every Zion game. We're like, well, Mel, like literally every time you watch it, you'd be like something crazy is going to happen. Um, is he already like one of the 10 guys, five, 10 guys where you're like, I want to watch him play. Like I need to see the Lamelo game. Yeah. I mean, I think he draws a lot of, uh, let's, I mean, it's pretty easy to see based on his just following in general, he draws eyes. Like people want to watch him. Like you said, you don't know. He's an entertainer when it comes down to it. I think he's unbelievable at the game of basketball, but I think at the core of it, He's just extremely entertaining. You could throw him in front of any camera, doing anything, day in the life, uh, playing any sport, and you would be like, I want to watch LaMelo just because that's what, you know, growing up, he created that kind of image and aura around himself. But, yeah, basketball-wise, I love, I love watching him just because, like I said, he plays with pace, and there's so many things that you can take from, you know, his – not even just basketball, but the way he carries himself. Um, yeah just is is he's been doing it like he's yeah, had this like it's easy for him it's unwavering confidence it's something that like you don't see very often and especially the people who are in the limelight uh tend not to stay there just because it becomes too much but it just it doesn't seem to face him at all so i'm i'm excited to watch this season i think wiseman ends up winning rookie of the year uh personally but yeah he's gonna good. have some crazy numbers the, the lamello and lonzo thing 
I don't know why it like really hits me. I, I'm really impressed because when they're when they played against each other, like Lamelo played a good amount better than Lonzo, and, and overall it seems like Lamelo's on like a better. I, I think Lonzo's really good still, but for me, like I feel awkward about it. Like I don't want as much as I love Lamelo, I like don't want him to be better than his older brother. Like I feel like that's hard as an older sibling, and I'm not an older sibling. I'm actually the youngest in my family, but. How do you think Lonzo feels? I, I really, I don't think he really cares. I mean, as long as he's signing contracts, and I think yeah. at the end of the day, they they play and and are a little bit different. I think Lonzo at this point in his career is pretty much solidified himself as a as a top tier NBA point guard, at least like a mid to top tier guy who can help a team win. I think right now he just wants a championship because no matter how good Lamelo is doing. I think Lonzo is chasing rings right now and LaMelo is still establishing himself. I don't think there's any like weird rivalry. Now question is, how do you feel as Jello? I mean, you're not, in yeah. the league. everybody's kind of like, Oh, they're one way or another about them. But can you see Jello doing something other than basketball here in the near future, just to shake things up in the news? So I think he's fine because honestly, it's been like this for a while now, right? Like, he, like Lonzo and LaMelo have always been more highly touted than him. He didn't get drafted to the G League bubble. I think he'll still find a way to get there. I think he's still going to try with basketball. But if it doesn't work out, which is possible, and it doesn't mean he's a bad basketball player, it's just he has two options. He either goes overseas, where, like, I think at this point he could go play overseas. Like, I don't think international teams would be shy away from that. He could get, uh, he could get $5 million in China right now. Like, yeah. I, I honestly believe that just because China is an entertainment-based basketball organization, the CBA wants to put, like, you know, asses in seats and just let people go crazy. He's got a big enough name right now to just jump into China. Yeah. And, and if he loves basketball, like, and it does seem like he actually loves basketball, like just as much as the brothers, then he should go do that. But if he's like, okay with not playing basketball, I think there's so many things he could do. Right. Like whether it's like rapping, like he's done some music stuff, whether it's something in fashion, like he does have like a certain, he has created, his own identity away from his brothers where like he is cool and like he's pretty quiet but like still when you get him to open up like he's super interesting to hear from so I think there's stuff he could do it's just him figuring out like what he what he wants to do I guess yeah no I agree so we got a lot of stuff going on in the NBA LaMelo's kind of you know taking off the rookie class I think in general something about rookies they just always I think it's maybe they just have something to prove so and they're, you know, covered in the media a lot more. Uh, good to see a, a good rookie class kind of shaping themselves right now in the league. But a lot of crazy stuff going on. Games are getting postponed and canceled all over. Teams are playing in their arenas without fans and stuff, but there's still issues. And we're going through that right now. We're shut down West Virginia for two weeks um, because of positive tests. So all these crazy protocols and stuff, it's happening everywhere. So we're not sure if the NBA season's going to, you know, continue as is postpone pause whatever which is wild but then you got like even high schools now so states across the country um like our boy uh Jaden Hardy season completely canceled in Nevada 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 yeah. I don't know whatever. I don't know One of those, um yeah Oregon okay most people will know who Jaden Hardy is though but I mean he, he's one of the best players in the country best seniors in the country and he probably like he looks like the most NBA like of all the people like he might not be ranked number one by some people but he just looks like an NBA player like he's gonna go there and he's, he's gonna be awesome and his state they they canceled all games and that's 
and his whole and like there's ways for them to try to play outside the state there are ways for them to do different things but he was just like look like and i'm i'm kind of this way this is how i would be if i were him too it's just like all this like trying to figure things out and trying like i'm just gonna make a decision he's like i'm done playing high school basketball let's focus on the next step because he doesn't need high school basketball anyway so now he prepares for the next step and now he has a big decision as all these top high school kids like are you going to the G League? Like, how is that? You, they didn't really get to see how the Jalen Green like thing is working out. They're going to because they're going to have that bubble, but it's still hard to see because of the COVID thing. Or you go into college and you see guys like Jalen Suggs had to like cancel a bunch of games because of Gonzaga, but he's obviously been awesome. And Cade, same thing. So um, he's an awesome player, and I think people like misinterpreted what he was doing. But ultimately, I think it's the best decision for him. Just like, hey, let's shut it down and focus on the next step. Yeah, personally, I think, you know, you just ultimately have to figure out, do I want to go to college or do I want to try this G League route? If you want to go to college, I know it sucks, but this is going to be a weird year anyways. It's probably not going to be like, you know, you're going to be wearing a mask during games. I know my sister is back home in Kakana. It's all craziness. It's up in the air. Games are getting canceled. If you want to go to college, go to college now. I would say, you know, my word of advice, I got onto campus in May um I graduated um a semester early and then as soon as oh, my season that. was over I went right to to school so not only are you getting credits because you can enroll um but you're around the team and you know it's it's a way more comfortable thing and for a kid like Jaden Hardy who right now like you said looks NBA ready or at least he's on that track this is only gonna you know I don't know launch pad him into a better college career so I don't know if I'm him, I'm going right now, uh, but it'll be interesting to see just because of how crazy COVID has kind of made basketball sports life in general. And we keep beating people over the head with COVID this and COVID that, but shoot, it's, it's hard to run from at this point. It's hard to yeah. run. Yeah. Yeah. I think he'll make the best decision. He'll be fine. It's just like, it sucks because he would have had a huge senior year and he, whether it's blowing up on social media, like, and I know that doesn't matter to him in the grand scheme of things, but like he would have been one of those guys who had like those, I mean, you had one of those senior years where you had all these moments and obviously yep. it doesn't matter in the long run, maybe not, but like he doesn't get to have those. And I think that that just sucks for all the seniors and all the like high school kids specifically. Shit. I don't, I don't know if it don't matter. I'm going to be 45 with a Bud Light sitting next to a lake talking about my senior year, just high school in general. Yeah. I'm that guy. Get over it. You know, that's, I've, I kind of like that. And I think it sucks that these kids are getting their senior years or any years of high school just taken away, but at this point, he's got to think about, you know, something different in the long, long haul. So I think he jumps and goes right to college or, you know, you, you roll the dice on the G League. So um, before we get our guest in here today, Tyler Ralph, let's talk about something non-basketball related uh, that we saw earlier in the week, which has gone absolutely viral. Uh, Soho Karen. I don't know if you've seen this at all. Have you have you gotten this? Uh, actually let's bring Spence jump on here and I want you to kind of walk us through this for those that have not heard of Soho Karen I'm going to bring on um, our walking embodiment of the state of Colorado who looks like he's about to go shred it uh, Spencer Oshman tell us a little bit about Soho Karen all right so last week Maya Ponsetta Ponsetto I don't I can't pronounce her name Soho Karen she made headlines after being accused uh, or after accusing an African-American boy, a 14-year-old boy, of stealing her phone. Literally, she had no reason to accuse him. 
just called him out in the lobby of the hotel um said you have my phone you have my phone give it back he's like i don't have your phone lady um blah 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 did she actually like grab him at some point or like yeah so so eventually got physical she went and she attacked the boy she grabbed him there's video of it we'll run the video and we show it um and and then his dad the 14 year old kid's dad had to pull her off obviously just crazy she keeps going crazy she keeps going keeps going psychotic then she eventually got arrested, thankfully. But before she got arrested, she went on CBS in the morning. And um, one, she was with Gail King, who's like a famous news host, has been doing this for years and years. One, this girl, Soho Karen, Maya Ponsetta, wore one of those daddy hats, the, the hat that just says daddy Hold on. on it. Is this like the call, call her daddy hat? Is that what this is? No, it's, it's, I think Urban Outfitters where it sells it. I don't know. It's just some stupid ass hat that okay. says daddy and, and like hype beast type people wear it because they think they're cool. Um, but she wore that hat on this CVS in the morning just to be a piece of shit. Just, just and, yep. and then, and then the, the host, Gail King, starts calling her out like, blah, blah, blah. You, you're a 22 year old woman. You should know better. And she just goes, enough, Gail. <laughs> enough from she you. She cuts her off on her own show. That's a power move if I've ever heard one. I love Cuts that. her off. And no. then she had her news here. And the last thing, she had her, her court hearing. She eventually got arrested, showed up to her court hearing in a crop top and socks and uh, <laughs> sandals. So, like, she's, she's like the new age catch me outside. Like, I, like she's just trying to get attention. That's that's ridiculous. First off, if you're the dad of the 14 year old uh, boy who I heard this dad is like, would you say like a jazz famous jazz musician in the city or something like that? Is that true? He's he's some famous musician. I'm not going to I don't want to botch it. He's well, yeah, whatever. At the end of the day, scratch all that. Your dad and oh, crazy ladies putting hands on your son. Well, you're calmly like removing her from your just slip a little RKO, like, uh-oh, just drop to the floor. Oops, sorry, you know what I mean? Just walk off. 100%, you know, can't just let that slide. My issue is, is you're 100% right about her being the new Catch Me Outside girl who, what's her name? Bad bad Baby? Bad Barbie? Yeah, I don't Barbie. Know, something. It's just bad. Her music is bad. With an H. Bad, bad with an H. Her nails are bad. Her and Will Vicky are bad. I have beef with both of these two. It's just like, God, I don't know yeah, why our <laughs> decided to put these two on any sort of pedestal, but it is concerning how easy we allow people to just go viral, be famous. This Soho Karen, for some reason now, because she showed up in a crop top Crocs once she gets, you know, probation is, is going to be famous. Like that's weird, right? That's unacceptable. I hate everyone. Fair. Fair. Like, <laughs> like that. that's all I can pull from this. Like I, there are so many Karen's videos on TikTok and Twitter and everything. And like, you know, you're getting filmed also. Like, you know, what's happening. You know what the result's going to be and you just can't help yourself. Like I, I'm just, I'm done with everyone. You're, I feel bad for the, the, there's good Karens in the world. There's good people named Karen who grew <laughs> up. Yeah, hundred percent. Now it's like, they, what do you got? You go down to the courthouse and change your name. It's, it's a yes. difficult time to be a good Karen. 
because it's automatically attached to your name. But forget the good Karens. Jordan, do you know any bad Karens? Do you know any like classical Karens? You don't have to give names, actual, but stories. Do I have any actual um, Karen stories? Hmm. I'm blanking. Tom, you got anything? I feel like I grew up with just all Karens. Like, I feel like every, like, did you go to private school, Tom? No, I didn't, but I went to a public school that felt private in ways. You know what I mean? We're like, yeah. yeah I, okay, let's, uh, let's, let's go the route of let's build our own Karen. What car does she drive? Thoughts? <laughs> I'm going to go know, probably Toyota like, Sienna, the minivan, 100% Toyota Sienna she's driving. Yeah, I think it's more a like a, it depends on her age. Like a, a Karen our age is more like, a Subaru or a Prius girl. Ooh, well, I was gonna ask. Jetta also, I only see Subarus. As, I only see Karens as moms. Like, I don't, I don't know any like Karens my age. And if you're a Karen my age, like, you're literally the worst person in the world. You're just an like, asshole. That's it. Yeah, you're just, you just suck. You know what's hard? It's like I feel like people who hate Karens are becoming Karens. Like once in a while, I'll catch myself, and I'll be like, wait, why do I care? Like, I can't care about that. Like. My sister the other day like didn't unplug something from the wall. I was like, "Yo, like we gotta unplug that." And like it wasn't like I'm caring, like I'm being crazy, but like some people do what they want. Like I'm not your dad. I feel like every Karen wants to be everyone's mom. Yeah, I agree. Like I, if I had to build my like perfect Karen, it would be driving uh, Toyota Sienna, uh, do Pilates, and correct people when they say acai wrong. Like if they say that wrong, like immediately have to jump in and be like, oh no, sorry, it's pronounced this way. And you know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. This this lady's an asshole for a lot of different reasons. Hey, uh, so, my teammate is negative. Uh, my roommate, Sean. Hey, we went. COVID in the apartment, double negatives. Woo! All right, let's do it. I love it. Sorry. So, so on good news, yeah, Karen sucks. Um, your teammate does not have COVID. Our guest is actually here. Um, so I'm going to welcome Tyler Ruffin. But as, as we welcome Tyler in, he's, he's joining now. Um, there is still one other thing that needs to be discussed that you thought you were going to pass over. What's up, Tyler? We're finishing up one thing. Um, Jordan, hook him, baby. How about last Saturday, my friend? The fact that we have been talking about this game leading up for the past like six months and it ends with <laughs> it ends with a buzzer beater, just Andrew Jones naked in the corner, wide open for three. I know he's your boy. I know you're happy right now. He, you know, it just it's too poetic. It's too perfect that it ended like that. I'm sick to my stomach. Now we gotta crawl out of a hole in the Big 12, which isn't easy to do. But congrats, Spence. I'm really glad you're repping your Texas Longhorns in Colorado <laughs> or whatever. But just, you know, leave me alone. Go, you know, ski or snowboard or whatever the hell you're going to do in the next three days. And don't talk about the game, all right? We'll talk about it another time. It's a long season. It's a long season. Oh, he's got, he's got his West Virginia gear on. Oh, man. There we go. Hey, I know you know a little bit about the Flying Dub V. A little bit. One year. One year. <laughs> one year. All right. Well, I'm, I'm on year three. So, you know, we got something in common for sure. But before we get too far into it, let's uh, really introduce you. A lot of people know you, Tyler Ralph, as an NBA uh, skill trainer, world renowned. You got a list of guys that we're going to go from Julius Randle 
to guys in high school that are going to be at the next level very soon. Uh, but let's talk about before training really took off for you. Like, tell me a little bit about your story, kind of synopsis of really your life before what is now a, a you know, a really lucrative business that you've built. Um, I mean, I came up probably just like you, Jordan. I mean, you know, my dream was to play in the NBA. Um, you know, my dream was to play in the Big East. I'm from Rochester, New York. And, um, you know, I was, I was a workaholic. You know, I was in the gym all the time, um, you know, doing a lot of the drills that I, that I, that I saw you do. So it was kind of cool watching you because it was, it kind of, I could relate to, to, you know, how you did it. And, um, you know, I played in high school. We, we had one of the best high school teams in the country. Uh, you know, we were number two in the country behind a guy named LeBron James. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep number two. Number two is good enough for us. And then, uh, yeah, man, uh, we had a great senior year. I, I, you know, was able to get Mr. Basketball. And, um, and then I signed with WVU. Um, played with Beeline, uh, great coach um just knows his stuff knows his knows everything you know just just one of those guys that is kind of before his time you know we were kind of running the stuff that they run now with the, with the four and five screens and the pick and pops with the bigs and, and teams are just you know always struggling to guard it and I learned so much from him and then um you know I decided to go back closer to home which was St. Bonaventure uh they were on probation so we struggled um, you know, but my last year I had Mark Schmidt, who's there now. And, and, and again, you know, just I learned so much from him from a standpoint of how you interact with with players, uh, how you interact with with guys, how you kind of you don't treat everybody different, but you got to understand who each player is and what makes them tick. Um, you know, and, and I tell everybody, I think he's one of the best coaches in the country, bar none. Coach him for one year was training the guys um, and, and a couple guys kind of had like breakout years and they kind of just were like, why don't you train? And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, cause I was trying, I was thinking about playing again cause I had gotten hurt. And Wait, I think, so you were training guys on St. Bonaventure at the time, just bringing them through workouts. Yeah, I was coaching at Bonnie. So I, I went back there when I was hurt and I was kind of just you working out on, on the side and guys would come with me. Um, you know, and guys really started to get better and, um, you know, I, I mean, I was a very skill-based player, you know, a lot right. like you are. I, you I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't super athletic. I wasn't, you know, I didn't have all those tools that these guys have. And, and when you give athletes those tools, <laughs> you really start to see like, whoa, they're really, really good. And yeah, so I looked it up, man, and, and kind of got into it and, uh, Moved down to Dallas, Texas about 10 years ago. And uh, about four months in, met a kid named Julius Randle. Wow. That is <laughs> and, crazy. Uh, and that's about it, man. And then from there, I just kind of, you know, I grinded just kind of like I did playing. And I've been blessed, um, you know, from the people that have helped me, from the people that I've been around. Um, you know, I, nothing would happen without, you know, God. And I'm just, I'm just super blessed to be where I am and, and, you know, where we sit today. Yeah, no doubt. It seems like it. I mean, I've, I've followed you now for, for quite a while and just kind of watched um, your guys grow up uh, not only Julius, but especially some of the young guys, which we'll get into in a little bit, but just 
curious because I go to WVU now. When you were here at WVU playing for Beeline, who uh, you know left well before I came here, I heard a couple things like he was he was pretty tough on guys. Tell me, like, were practices intense? Was he a guy who who jumped guys, or or was he not really like that? Did he just have crazy hours? Did he run you into the ground? What was what was you know Beeline's practices or day to day look like? Uh yeah, I mean, I, I mean, as you know, when you go from high school to college for any freshman, it's 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 a lot. Um, and even for as much as I worked out and, and that was one of the things it was like I wasn't getting as much of my skill work that made me the player I was in. And that kind of bugged me a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, but he had his own skill stuff. I mean, you know, you heard the stories about Cleveland and kind of how he was doing the five minute shooting and the ball wraps and timing. And, and we did all that stuff. Right. And in college, we you know, we did it. In the pros, you know, when he got the job, I was like, oh, man, I was like, Kevin Love and these dudes aren't doing that. No way. <laughs> like, they're not doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it was very, it was a system base. So, I mean, we had calls for everything. Yeah. It was, it made me such a smarter basketball player just being around him. And I enjoyed it because I'm a basketball junkie. Right. But, yeah, it did take a toll on your body a little bit. And, yeah. and, and I think you saw that more in Cleveland. I think in college, like, you know, you, you do what you got to do. Yeah. You, you yeah. don't have to deal with the personalities and the, and the guys making, you know, X amount of millions of dollars who, if they don't want to somehow have and reserve the right to be like, nah, I'm good. I'm going to go home and, you know, my chef's going to make me dinner. I'm not working out tonight. If we're going to do this, you know, BS it's crazy to think that that's how it works, but yeah, you, you, you definitely understand there's, there's elite college basketball coaches, just like coach Huggins, I mean, he, he demands so much that if he went into the NBA, I think even he would tell you right now, I don't even have an inkling to try to do that because of all the stuff that goes on with, you know, player coach. And it's really just personalities. You're trying to move around and make sure that it's a whole different world of coaching for sure. But no let's, uh, let's get into kind of Julius Randle, a guy you said when you moved down to Dallas, you met uh, pretty quickly. And that is he a big reason Tyler Ralph, you know, is who he is on the, on the training, like world and platform right now is Julius probably the yeah. biggest guy. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I tell everybody, you know, I owe a lot to Julius. Um, you know, at the time he was, I think he was a ninth grader and, and you could see how talented he was, um, you know, and his IQ was high and he could do certain things. And he was such a big name around Dallas, Texas. Right. Um, I think at the time he was like number three in the class. And I mean, that was a really good class with Jabari Parker and Andrew Wiggins and Joel Embiid. I mean, they were, there were some dudes in that class. Um, yeah, man. And, and he's just, you know, we, we developed a relationship and, and he let me push him. And I don't know if anybody pushed him like I pushed him. And I think he respected that. Um, you know, I, I didn't really care that, that he was Julius Randle. Um, you know, I wanted him to be, you know, who he wanted to be. And he said he wanted to be, you know, one of the better players to, to play. And, and so yeah. I was like, all right, well, you know, the work ethic has to change and all that, but yeah, man, I mean, Julius, I owe, I mean, I owe a lot to besides basketball. I mean, that's, that's one of my best friends. Um, he's just, he's just a special human being for sure. Yeah. Being, being undersized though, like me and you can relate on probably more things than we even realize, uh, but being undersized and being somebody who trains guys like Julius Randle, who are not 
undersized by any stretch of the imagination. These are, you know, big guys playing positions that you didn't really play. How does that work in terms of, is that all just based on you watch film? Because to be honest, I could try to grab, you know, we got a, a big right now who's probably he's going to be an All-American, Derek Culver. Yeah, really good. Try, you know, he's really, really good. A guy who, to be honest, should probably go down to Dallas, Texas and find Tyler Ralph. But anyways, if I tried to bring him through stuff, anything right now, I would have a difficult time seeing the game the way he does. Is that hard for you or how did, how did you kind of come up with that or what do you have to do as a, you know, guard training a big? Well, I think there's a couple of things you got to look at. One is, is what, what I call raw skills. So your ball handling, uh, your shooting, your passing for, you know, for you, me, for anybody, it's the same. That, that's like your raw skills. And then you got your game situationals. And I think that's kind of what you're talking about is, is seeing the game the way they see it and, you know, seeing the game in the situations that they'll be in um, compared to the situations that we'll be in. You know, like Culver's never coming off a uh, pick and roll. Right, right. Coming off baseline step up. He's not doing that stuff. Um, you know, but I, I studied a lot, man. I studied my favorite player besides Michael Jordan and Jason Williams uh, was Hakeem Olajuwon. Um, and, and I studied Hakeem Olajuwon growing up all the time. Really? And so I think that helped me a lot uh, with bigs. And I've actually had a lot of bigs and a lot of pretty good bigs. Yeah. Um, from college to the pros. And I just do a ton of footwork stuff um, and stuff like that. And then, you know, with, with a guy like Julius, it's, it's understanding where your spots are, um, understanding how to get to your spots. And, and, and this year it was, it was a little bit different because we kind of wanted to change into that point forward. And yep. we just kind of changed. We just did a couple things different and, um, you know, he's playing well, man. I mean, he's a worker. I mean, I, I'll tell you, he's, I know you're a worker and I'm a worker. I've never seen anybody work as hard as he worked the past really? nine months. Yeah. Wow. That's great. What's up, man? Tom here. Uh, Julia, like, I, th I think you probably just hinted at it. This has obviously been like a huge year to start off for the season for him. And did you see it? Like, were you like, okay, like this is going to be the year where he takes even another step or like, you talked about him working over the last nine months or in the past, has it been like he could have done, been doing this, just maybe didn't get the opportunities that he's getting right now? I think it's a combination of both. I, I think that uh, Tibbs is, is, is really good. I think yeah. Tibbs is one of those guys that lets NBA guys kind of go offensively and understands who his players are. He doesn't coach to this is the way I do it. He coaches more who do I have and how can I make my guys successful? And I, and I, I personally like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I kind of saw, I mean, he was 21 and, and 10 in New Orleans and then he was 19 and 10 in New York. There were certain things we wanted to get better at, you know, but it, it's not like he wasn't really good. He, he was one of the top, right. you know, power forwards in the league, but it was, tapping into his IQ, I think was the biggest thing and his playmaking, his ability to pass and then simplifying his game, um, you know, was huge, but yeah, man, I, he was, I, it's, it, I don't even know like how to explain his work ethic. It was, I mean, it was something out of like a Kobe book. Was it, was it always, yeah, like I was gonna say. Tyler, or did he, or did you have to kind of be like, okay, like when you met him, 
Was yeah. he like that? Or was it like, okay, look, Julius, you have a stupid amount because I, I run into it all the time. Guys with unlike charted raw talent where they just have natural ability, but most of them, to be honest, are lazy as hell. They don't want to do anything. They've gotten to where they are by doing nothing. And they assume it's going to take them to that next level. For Julius, was it like, okay, look, we got a big opportunity. You have a big opportunity here. And it's whether or not you can flip the script on your work ethic and drive. Because I've never really seen somebody like wholesale change. They've always kind of had it in them. But I'm yeah. wondering if that was the same thing for Julius. Yeah, I mean, I mean, in high school, you think you work hard. Like, that's just what it is. And I'll, and I'll tell you a story. I mean, he, he wasn't a, a, not a hard worker. He, he worked. Right. Um, you know, but he, so our first, our first pre-draft workout, he walks in the gym and it was right after Kentucky. They just lost the national championship to, to Connecticut. And um, he walks in and, you know, it was like probably a week after or something and, you know, whatever. He made the national championship. Kudos, bro. And we started working. He was just kind of like being lazy. And I just went crazy on him. Nuts. Right. And he goes, he goes crazy on me back. So we, we lasted like 10 minutes. He goes over to the other court, right? Cause we're at this, it's got three courts and, yeah. and I'm like, you know, we're yelling back and forth at each other, like cussing. And I mean, not, it wasn't, it wasn't anything pretty. It's you know, like a that, brother relationship, like actually. Yeah. And then he texts me that night and was like, oh my bad, bro. Like, let's get it. And, right. and from really that moment, like, He's been he's been phenomenal. He keeps turning it up every single year. I think he sees success. I think he he realizes how good he could be. I mean, if you look at that draft, you know, people were like, "Ah, oh, he's gonna be." And I was just like, "All right, cool." Like, right, yeah. You know, no offense to like guys like Aaron Gordon or Andrew Wiggins or, but I mean, next to Joel Embiid, he's the best player in that draft. Right. Um. You know, but that's what we expected, and and he just keeps turning it up and turning it up and. And like I tell everybody, I've never seen anybody work as hard this summer. Like it was, I, it was nuts. Uh, can, can you talk about that a little bit over the summer? Like, what was a day like, Ram Morris? Like, because everyone loves yeah. hearing like you mentioned, not every player yeah. works like that. Like to hear what his day was like or what a, what a workout was <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, so he would be six a.m. Um, and sometimes earlier, he would go and shoot at Prestonwood High School, um, which is his old high school. And then he would go and work out with this guy, Melvin Sanders, after. Um, and he would do that, grab something to eat, maybe go home and grab his son, Kaiden. And then he'd come over to the gym with me for an hour and a half. Go home, do recovery, play with Kaiden, be a dad, which he's one of the best dads I've ever been around. And then he would go and he bought a house out here, which had a gym. So he, the whole house he, he redid. The first thing that was done was the gym. The, the gym was done within three days. <laughs> My gym has taken eight months, right? <laughs> so he did the gym and he would go every night and shoot 1,500 jumpers. Um, he shot you know, 1,500 jumpers at night? 1,500 a night. Sheesh. And, and it, was, it was just... He, he just wants to be good, man. He just, yeah. he, you know, I think New York is at a place where, you know, they don't, it's not like they're really good. They don't have like this crazy talent. 
Um, but I think he thought he was going to get an opportunity to play tons of minutes. So he had to, he knew he had to be in the best shape of his life. Um, and he had a chance to be a leader. And, and that's what I told him. I said, bro, you know, how many people in this world, like want to be a leader of an organization like the Knicks, like, that's crazy. It's insane. And, yeah. It's insane. And he just took it and ran with it. And, you know, it, there's going to be bumps in the road this year. We knew that, but um, you know, he's got another one tonight uh, against Brooklyn and, you know, we'll see what happens now that they pretty much traded their whole team away. But, I know. Um, yeah, man, he's just a special worker and, and really even a better person. That's awesome. I, I got one more question on Julius. Obviously, like, you mentioned Kobe earlier, but, like, the Kobe stuff with him, like, getting to know him and everything. Like, has he ever told talked about that and, like, what kind of impact? He played with him for a year, right? Two years. Two years. Yeah, so he was hurt one year. And then played with him the next year. So he was around Kobe for two years because he broke his leg his first game against Portland, um, his rookie year. And, yeah, he tells – the Kobe stories are nuts. I mean, just the way Kobe – but that's kind of how – and he'll tell you. I mean, that had as much to do with his work ethic as anything. Um, you know, I think his rookie year, like, dude was he – was, he was eating chicken fingers and drinking four Cokes. And it was like <laughs> – like, bro, who, what are you, like, what are you doing? Um, and he just changed everything. But, yeah, Kobe, Kobe was just a special, I mean, he was his favorite player. Uh, he got to play with him. They had a great relationship, um, you know. And I, and I think, you know, Kobe, you know, as much as Jordan or anybody else, you know, influenced the game today more than anybody, um, you know, in basketball. Yeah, that makes sense. Spence, you had a question for Tyler? Yeah, a couple things. So, so obviously the Knicks don't have their full core yet, but me personally, I'm a Knicks fan. I don't care what's going on in, in Brooklyn right now in this Harden, Kyrie, Katie, whatever. All right. Is this a turning point for the Knicks? Can we start to see the other side of the rainbow at least? What do you think? <laughs> pause. <laughs> Spencer is the biggest Emmanuel Quickly fan in the world, by the way. Ooh, I love Quickly. Yeah, and I like I, I loved. I thought that was a great draft pick by them, and I told Julius that. But if if you watch the game, starting to it's starting to be a little bit too too, no pun intended, but too too quick for him. Um, you know, he struggled the past couple games with some reads and stuff like that. I think he's going to be phenomenal. Um, you know, but there's just so much there's so much room to grow. Like, you know, RJ Barrett has just so much room. I mean, he's, he's shooting what 14% from three and 29% overall. And a lot of times he's one of their leading shot takers. Um, yeah. You know, so I think they have a lot of way to go. And, and I think what's really hurt him uh, is Alec Burks being out. I, I think he came off the bench and he gave them scoring right away. Um, and, and, you know, if anybody follows, you know, he's a been, he's been a bucket in the league. Um, and they just, he's very consistent, um, where they're still trying to find that. I mean, from the top to the bottom, you know, knocks every, like there's, it's one play. They play well, one game, terrible. The net, like there's no consistency. Um, so, I mean, it's tough. I, I, <laughs> If Julius can play 44 minutes a, a game for 72 games, then yeah. But, I mean, physically, I think that's impossible. Um, 
you know, so I, I think they'll be better. I, I'm, I'm, I grew up a Bulls fan, my bad. But now I'm like, you know, I mean, Julie's my guy. I'm the biggest Knicks fan ever. Like I throw stuff. I have fits. I'm, I act like a two-year-old. Um, but I think they play harder than they have in the past three, four years. Um, so that's the first thing. And, and then, you know, you play hard, you give yourself a chance. And, and I, and I hope, man, they, I hope they can squeak a seven or eight seed. If they get it, if they make the playoffs, That'd then, be like Julius should be up for conversation of, you know, MVP. <laughs> I mean, he should already be up um, most improved player of the year right now. Absolutely. But so what other I'm real high on quickly. I know you worked mm-hmm. with um, RJ Hampton High School, got friend of the overtime family, Tom, all of us big LaMelo guys. What what youngsters are you really excited about? And that could be rookies currently guys still in high school, guys who are going to go to the league next year. Who, who do you like? Uh, I like the kid that's from Arlington, Texas, that's in <laughs> Jordan's conference, Cade Cunningham. I think he's a stud. Um, size, shoots it. Uh, he his athleticism is 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 like he's just you played against him right already, right? Yeah. So it's funny because I mean I got to play him again. I'm probably gonna you know see him tw- twice, two more times in the conference tournament, all this stuff. And the last thing I need people is saying is like, oh. You know, McCabe's on his podcast, you know, whatever, fanboy. Yeah, I can't. When I watch Kate Cunningham, when I watch Kate Cunningham, at the end of the day, respect is is earned and he deserves every bit of respect he's getting and all this number one talk. I don't know how you don't take Kate Cunningham at number one. I don't care who has it. It doesn't matter at this point. Somebody somebody asked me about him and um, the kid from Gonzaga. And I was like, I'm a Suggs guy. You got you, but if you draft Suggs, right, you pass up on Caden, you draft Suggs, you'll get fired. Uh, yeah, so I, I love I, I love Jalen Suggs. Yeah, but there's there's in the NBA, there's there's certain things. What's mismatches um and the ability to play in ball screens. Yeah. And Suggs will Suggs will do all that. I think Suggs is phenomenal, by the way, because Drew Timmy's my guy, and and I watch Suggs a lot. But in ball screens, Cade Cunningham is six eight and has one of the highest IQs, maybe in in basketball right now. Period. Um, and I don't think that can be overlooked. He can make any pass. I mean, just simple things: snapping off the left hand to a shooter, um, you know, hook passes passes from the slot to the corner. And then he's, he has the ability to score. He pushes it in transition. Um, so I love Cade, man. I think Cade is just a special talent, a special individual. And then LaMelo Ball, man. I mean, how can we not say that he's just, he's better than I thought he was. Yeah, um, I think a lot of people are in that boat. He, he looks like he just loves to play basketball. And, and as a basketball- that he's in the NBA, it's just a game of basketball. And it looks like his teammates love him. And it was like all this, oh, he thinks he's this. And you look at his stuff overseas. And it's just like, it, it, it's just cool, man. And, and, and I'm really happy for him. Because I think it was like, imagine going through all that as a youngster. I mean, just amazing that he's gotten to the point he is. So I, I you know, I think he's great. And, uh, but 
Cade Cunningham is special. I've worked with Jonathan Kamunga. He's got a he's got a major chance. He's got some athleticism, kind of like some PG in him. Um, and then you know Jalen Green is, I mean, he can jump from Dallas, Texas to Morgantown, West Virginia if we ask them. That's freaky, freaky. Yeah. Yeah, um, so guys. All right, I got I got one more. Then I think Tom Jordan will wrap it up with a couple more things. I'm going to ask it because I'm going to ask the harder questions. Leave, leave the easy ones for these guys. Who, all the trainers, mm -hmm. all you guys, Lolly, DJ, <laughs> my boy, Brickley's my boy, all yeah. the guys. It's a two-part question. Mm -hmm. Part one of the question is, like, who, who really is the biggest bucket? Like, who actually wins in King of the Court? Who's, who's the, like, Baz too, Alex Baz Bazell? Like, who is it? I mean, I've never played against Alex. Um, I mean, that's I'm 36 now. <laughs> out of any trainer out there in my prime, not no one can see me. <laughs> Nobody, no, not not one of them. Okay, okay. <laughs> not 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 on not any of them. But everybody's gonna say that, <laughs> right? But okay, take yourself out of it now. Tell me who the biggest bucket is. Out of out of those guys, take Tyler Ralph out of the out of the equation. Well, I can't say DJ man because like me and DJ have this thing. Like I can't, you know. But like, DJ's not guy. anyway. I, you could put me on record saying that it's not DJ. Yeah. Damn. I, I mean, me would be Jordan Lawley. I mean, Jordan Lawley. When you play ones against, and he's he's young. Like I'm 36, and I can't. I couldn't guard in college. So imagine <laughs> me now. Well, so, he's like six four, right? And he's 6'4", so it's yeah, like yeah. his jab game is stupid. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'd say Jordan. I mean, I, I mean, I haven't played in a while. Um, five on five, I'm going to kill everybody. Um, but, man, like that. Yo, like yeah, hey, hey, man. So, um, but Jordan, I would say Jordan is, Jordan is tough, bro. Oh, so, Spence, hold on, question. Have you ever seen – have you ever seen Brick? Jordan, you would get this work too. Is that what you want to know? Every hey, trainer hey, calls hey, out Jordan. Hey, okay, calling out too. Hey, listen, Ty. Listen, Ty. Listen, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a little bit of time at the end of this season before you know I make the decision or whatever for next season. And that little gap, Texas is my favorite state in the damn country, world, whatever, favorite place. Right. I'm coming out of Dallas and we can run it. Hey, come down. Just let me get the dates so I can, because I'll probably, my knee will start bugging me. But oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, no, seriously, though, on, on the real. Chris Brickley, have you ever seen him play ones with anybody? Because I, I like him a lot and, like, all, everything that he does with Black Ops, but I've never seen him really like who. And that's a serious question. If Chris ever came on the show, I would ask him that, too. Like, I know he played at Louisville. Um, my assistant coach here actually was with him. Uh, where the hell did he go? Um, uh, Northeastern? Yeah, Northeastern. Yeah. Uh, so my assistant coach was his uh, coach there. But oh, oh you got – what's his name? Uh, oh, he's crazy. Everhart? <laughs> yeah. He was oh, at yeah. Duquesne. Oh, yeah, he's nuts. Hey, he and, and at Duquesne, he let the dogs loose. <laughs> hey, he was bro. Like, a, like 106 a game. I, I played against those two. Different dude. Uh, I've never seen Brick play. Um, I is love Brickley though. You see that Chris Brickley's never played a game of one on one in his life. Yeah, but like you know, that's not Brick. Smart. Like, and I love like Brick has been Brick <laughs> so his reputation. Yeah, and he's so much. She so so much love to everybody, and I love Brick, but he just doesn't like that's not him. Um, 
you know, and, and like even me, like I haven't played ones in forever. You know, you look at DJ, it's like he plays ones three times a day. <laughs> um, you know, and Jordan and those guys. So it's just when I had this summer was crazy just because I had a lot of NBA guys. So I just my body just couldn't take yeah. me doing anything. And and look, man, I'm a trainer now. I'm not a player. Um, and, and that's kind of the way I look at it. And my body needs to be healthy for my guys, not for me to play one on one. But yeah, 14 years ago, there have been a lot of buckets given out, Spence. So Tyler, the, the second part of this question is I have this, this you know, we're always doing crazy shows at overtime. I've had this idea for this reality show for a while. I don't think it's ever going to happen. And what, and basically what it is, I want to put like the 12 best basketball trainers, 10 best basketball trainers in a house. Their wives can come, their girlfriends can come, their little kids can come, what, whatever. I want to put y'all all in a house and like compete for the best trainer. Going to have all these challenges competing. There's going to be drama. And basically my basis of this is like, is there any actual, and you don't have to call people out. Is there like beef between the trainers? Is there drama? It, I know there is. I know you guys have are competitive. Like, is that shit real? Yeah, I mean, I don't have beef with anybody. Ah. But yeah, you, you've seen it. You've seen it. I, I try to stay in my lane. Like, I don't, man. I don't know, man. Like, there's a lot of great trainers, man. But like, the 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 thing is, is the the players are are who make us. You know what I mean? Like, and everybody's like, loyal. Yeah, like if I train Kobe from the age he was 17 or Brickley did or Drew Hanlon did, Kobe would still be Kobe. Right. Like, so like, I hate, that's what I hate is like, people are like, yo, I made this dude. No, you didn't, bro. No, you didn't. Like, we're just part of the process. Yeah. That's the only thing that bugs me at times. But you promote your guys, man. This is your business. This is, you know, what you do. Like Drew Hanlon had a tweet the other day. He's got three dudes that are three of the top scores in the league right now. I mean, promote it. Right. Um so yeah, I mean there's beef. I mean there's some beef. Y'all know the beef, but yeah, I try to stay out of it. I mean, DJ's one of my best friends, same with Jordan, uh, Micah, like those dudes are all cool and and um, you know, even like younger trainers coming up, I think that's the coolest thing. You can mentor guys, you can kind of like be there for them. Um, you know, and, and that's the best part of it for me. So you'll be too old anyway to compete, so you can host. You can host yeah. the uh, the show, and, and right, cool. hey, I don't know if you checked my IG. I'm I'm get I'm, I tried yesterday. It didn't go well. It wasn't great, but I did work out. I did some stuff. It wasn't great. It's gonna take me a while, but I'm trying. Wait, what did you do on your Jordan IG? Gets here, I, I, my leg's gonna hurt, but <laughs> right, the knees got a little soreness. <laughs> uh, I can't go today. How much? How much of, of what you do right now is like business oriented? You know what I'm saying? Because now, it, like you said, it is about the players, but you're running a business. You're lo no longer trying to compete at a high level. You're trying to, you know, be the best in your area of business, which is training. So how much of it is like focused on social media and stuff like that? Do you have a team that works with you? Do you have a guy that does your stuff, girl that does your stuff? Like, what does it look like day-to-day -day basis for like a new age basketball trainer at, at the NBA level? Um, you know, a lot of it, I, I've kind of gotten off, like, I don't, I mean, not off social media, but yeah. I just, I haven't paid as much attention. Like my, my whole thing 
in quarantine is, is trying to get this gym. Um, and yeah, business has changed, man. Um, you know, when you, when you try to become owner and you put so much money and investments into, you know, it, it was my dream to open a gym and, and when quarantine hit, I kind of just threw all my chips in a basket. Yeah. Um, you know, it's something I always wanted and, um, yeah, business, you, it, you got to absolutely run a business more, especially when you have a gym. There's so many things, you know, you have overheads, you have, um, you know, like taxes, like I still don't know how to, that stuff is just, you know, mind boggling to me. But um, yeah, I have, um, you know, Theo's mom, my girl who um, runs all that stuff. Uh, if I didn't have her, you know, I'd probably be, um, you know, like the guy in the Ozarks trying to figure that out, one of the money places. Um, yeah, but man, you have to have a team, you know, I, I have another trainer, Barrington Stevens, who played at South Alabama, who has been great for me. Um, and it's a lot more business, Jordan, than it, than it was, um, for sure. Yeah. Uh, once the gym's up, I'll probably get more social media. Yep. Uh, but yeah, my, my concentration last nine months it has been, you know, contractors and <laughs> trying to get this gym up, man. Yeah, for sure. When you, especially when you get your gym, and, and I'm curious how it works now, like, like obviously, like, Julius is someone you met that, like, you formed a relationship, but, like, are you actively trying to recruit top guys? Is there a certain type of player you look for, or you just wait for them to reach out for you, and, and if they reach out, you're like, hey, like, this is a great fit. Like, how, how do you kind of pick and choose? Because you can't train everyone, yeah. but you obviously have, like, your core group. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't really do a whole lot of reaching out. Um, I'm just not really a fan of it. Um uh, you know, I mean, if somebody wants to train with you, they're going to train with you. Right. You know, I'm not, I'm not like a fanboy. Like I'm, I'm a hooper. Like I play, I still to this day want to play Julius in ones, you know, it's, it's just what it is. I'm a competitor. You know, he kicks my ass, but Hey man, whatever. Um, you know, but, but that's one of the reasons, honestly, Tom, why, why I wanted to open the gym. I wanted it to be somewhere where people wanted to come. I wanted it to be like, yo, I got to get to Dallas, Texas, you know, like, like a guy like Jordan, perfect example. Like, Look, I gotta go there for a week. Like it yep. has to happen. Where I'm going there for a week to train in this gym. Like I, I just I want it to be something that's super special in in, in basketball. That's my goal. Um, is you know obviously money is is what feeds us and all that, but your stamp on basketball and I just want that place to be just something that's you know a special place in, in the country as far as basketball goes. That's dope. Talk about for, for like, sure. When, when ahead, you, um, you talked about the guys you train, how it seems like you've been lucky. Like they're all workers and stuff, but like Jordan earlier, like, are there guys in the NBA? I think everyone, like the average basketball fan thinks everyone's working like Kobe. Like everyone's like in the gym nonstop. That's the story oh. that I hear. And, like break that down for me. Like, are there a lot of NBA guys who like, they just don't put in the work like that. Like w what's that like? Yeah. I mean, you've got guys that are just like, that are just super talented. They're hoopers, you know, and they think, and they can, and that's, that's the messed up part. Like they really can, like they really can just go play pickup games and still make insane money. Um, now, could you be better? Could they clean up the raw skills? Kind of like I was telling Jordan, like the jumpers and stuff. Like you see that. Usually it's a lot of the slashers, um, guys that aren't crazy consistent, but they are just freaks. Um, and they just hoop, they're hoopers. Like Beasley. Uh, yeah, Michael Beasley's a fool. Like, like he 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 probably has a handful of hours in the gym 
when he doesn't have to be there. And NBA teams would, you know, like gladly bring him on right now just because he's that good. He's that talented. Yeah, he's he's his bag is nuts. But Dude. like to me, he's he's a he's a worker. Like he plays so much ones and all that stuff. You know, there's guys yeah. literally that will play Monday, Wednesday, Friday and be like, cool. Right. Cool. I'm yeah. gonna, you know, um, yeah, and, and there's different types of workers, man. I'm telling you, like it's it's it, it it does hit man and and some guys like are just more talented than other guys and that's just kind of how it goes yeah but nobody think like <laughs> is it like half the league isn't working as much as they should be or could be like see i don't know yeah, i don't yeah. know i don't work you know what i mean um i'm always from a from a standpoint of if i had that much talent i would go crazy with it um, yeah so it frustrates me at times but you know, you're never in those guys' shoes and, and, you know, like guys look at you like, bro, I'm worth $60 million. Like, that's cool. Who are you right? Yeah. <laughs> I would say, Tom, in, in, in college at least, and I don't know how it was, you know, when you were in, in school, Tyler, but I would say each team's got in college one to three players who really like are workers. And then mm-hmm. the other like seven to whatever, the vast majority of those guys are just, they're, they're there. You know what I mean? They're, they've gotten there based on just naturally gifted, you know, attributes. And then I think at the league, you would expect that those one to three guys, you know, maybe one of those gets a chance at the league. Yeah. And then maybe one of the guys, you know what I mean? And it all kind of separates that way. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah it, it's and, probably a pretty crazy amount. Yeah, and that's – I yeah. mean, that's how it is. I mean, Jordan, you know that the hardest workers are going to probably be your best players, and, and that's how it's always going to be. And, yep. um, yeah, you, you – yeah, to answer your question, Tom, I mean, that's kind of what it is, man, that the hardest workers, you could have guys that are super talented but don't work hard and they won't get better no matter if it's me, DJ, uh, Drew, or whoever. And, um, you know, guys that work hard get better. So so I know the Knicks game starting in a few minutes and you got to get going for that. But um, yeah, yeah, talking about, t- talking about your gym real quickly, one uh, – What's different about? I saw you got like a little film set, film section in there to watch film. Um, are you going to be trying to host runs, kind of like Black Ops, or what? What's your plan with it? When does it open? How can people know about it? It's a it's a straight skills lab, so we'll be able to do threes in there. We're going to have film and, and all that in there. Um, you know, I, I really made it just to for guys to come and work out. Um, and then this summer we'll do runs the same way we did them this summer at uh, a gym in Prestonwood. Um, yeah, man. And, and really like, I'm just excited for it, bro. I, I really am. I'm, I'm excited to, to have new faces in my gym. I'm excited to, you know, like I said, like guys like Jordan who can hit me up and be like, yo, I'm being Dallas. Let me run through the gym and, and I can be there. And, you know, I've never met Jordan or, or a lot of these guys, man. And, and, um, and yeah, I just, man, I, I just want it to be a special place where, where, you know, people come together and learn basketball and there's no egos and, and we all get better together. That's dope. That's dope. Well, Ty, I can speak for all of us on subject to change. Really appreciate you taking time out. I know, uh, and honestly, I think a lot of people are going to like the insight, not only into, you know, Julius and everything he's got going on, but all the players you got coming up as well. And like you said, the new gym that is uh, being built. So we're going to let you get off the phone here and go contact your contractors, make sure they're doing their job. <laughs> I really appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for jumping. Oh on. man. I appreciate y'all, man. Go Knicks. Yeah, <laughs> Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, y'all. Here we go. All right.
All right, Ty. All right. Later, man. Later. All right. Well, that was it right there. A long-winded episode. If you've made it this far, we really appreciate you and love you. As always, peace and love. Look out for each other, one another. What? Look out for each other out there. Uh, We'll see you next week. Peace and love. See you.